Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Witch Talk. Actually, this is lucky number 13. So tonight, for our lucky number 13 episode of Witch Talk, we have brought back Chris Savard from our group on Facebook, the Alberta Witches Association. But Chris is so much more than that, so I'm going to zip my lips and let him give you guys another quick introduction. How are you I'm tonight, doing Chris? fantastic, thank you. I didn't know this was lucky number 13. That's uh, one of my favorite numbers. <laughs> I mean, no. I planned it that way. <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> so tell us about you quickly again. Most people listening will know who you are, but for those that don't, uh, if you weren't, if you didn't uh, listen to the men's episode, I was on that one. And my name's Chris. I am the owner-operator of Pagan Ironworks. Um, I've been a, a self-described solitary Wiccan for probably two decades. Um, I've, in the last while, I've I've joined local teaching groups, uh, trying to be more coven-based. Uh, I've taken that and uh, me and my wife are currently uh, neophytes in the sacred pentagraph tradition. So we, we are going down a traditional path of Wicca. So we've, I've, had my, I've had my hands in solitary, I've had my hands in eclectic. I've, I've done a lot of, I've always, I've always felt the Wiccan path was kind of where my witchiness lied. I know I don't, I've always said I don't like putting myself in a box, but I guess I have put myself in the Wiccan box a little. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay we still like having those conversations that yeah. take you out of that box every once in a while <laughs> um that's really really interesting i i i'm gonna say that i'm um ignorant in this situation because i don't know what the sacred pentagram pentagraph tradition entails can you give I us a little bit can. so Awesome. I guess technically back in the heyday when Gerald Gardner was kind of establishing Wicca as a as a tradition, there was a bunch of other players on on the in in that aspect too, because I mean the witch laws had been retracted in England, so people were coming out of the woodwork, people were were establishing their traditions. And uh, one of the other in a non And one of the other celebrity witches at the time was Sybil Leek. Uh, both very popular yes. in the media. Uh, Sybil got so popular in the media, she got almost run out of England because her her landlord wouldn't renew her lease unless she rescinded her statement that she was a witch. And she said, screw that and left. And uh, she ended up coming to the US. And from there, she established what was the Horsa tradition of Wicca. It was, they pretty much okay. kind of ran parallel. Um, some people might be offended by this, but a, a good analogy might be, it was <laughs> like VHS and Beta. Um, they were both media darlings. They were both all over the page. It's just Gerald Gardner's, Gardnerian Wicca kind of took off a little bit more and became the popular thing. And Sybil kind of moved into the sidelines. 
around the 70s, a bunch of her students decided that they didn't want their tradition to become obsolete. So they decided to publish their tradition in books. And when they did that, they took it from Horsa and renamed it Sacred Pentagraph based on the five books that they wrote. Okay, that's very interesting. It sounds like um, it's a careful line there that you're walking. <laughs> I'm just trying to get it right. I mean, I don't want people to come back years later and, and listen to this and go, well, that's not what I learned or that's not what I heard or, you know. I, I... Well, you know what, Chris, that's why I have this podcast. That's why we talk about these things so that people do come back and say, well, wait a second, right? And based on our interactions um, throughout almost the last year, um, you're definitely someone that is open, from what I know, is open to all types of opinions and you're willing to talk about it. And to me, that's, that's astronomical in that, and maybe some people won't like that I've said this too, but you are probably one of the easiest Wiccans I've ever met to talk to. I'll have to so thank you. It's pretty, it's pretty easy. <laughs> I think that, yeah, absolutely. I'd like that. So you're in Northern Alberta. I you're am. in Edmonton. Um, there's, a, I know that there's a lot of different variations throughout the whole province, but what we're talking about tonight is circle casting. And this is very, very important in Wiccan traditions, is it not? It is. It's, I mean, it's, it's one of the, it was one of the, part of the basis of when they were creating the traditions, I think. And, and I mean, this is my interpretation and I, for sure, a lot of the, the Wiccan path is, is based on a lot of, um, theosophical, uh, groups, uh, ceremony magicians. They took a little bit of everything. And they they melded witchcraft and ceremonial magicianry. I don't even know if that's a real word. <laughs> to make it more accessible, and 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 just really meld it. So a lot of the circles are based on that, from what I've been able to read in the books over the years. And so, would you say that there's then the traditional way to cast a circle? <laughs> Uh, that is kind of universal and then you know maybe some of us do things differently which we can get to in a while but for those uh, listeners that we have that are, are just learning let's quickly touch on the traditional um, basis of casting a circle. I mean yes and no I, I hate to use that term because to say this is a traditional way would say this is the right way and i don't think there really is a right way because so many different traditions oh. that have branched off left and right and some people might do it this way or some people might do it that way and i don't think it makes their way any more traditional or proper i guess to break it down into more of a basic that kind of covers everybody a, a circle is typically some sort of sacred space that you've created to um, to either 
protect like a shield or to bring in power or to to um <laughs> words are at a loss no that makes sense focus, no that's okay sometimes words are hard when you're when you're doing work and i mean there's so many different traditions some will use it as more of a as a sacred space with their with their deities some will use it more just for magic a ceremonial magician would use it strictly for magic it's it's a tool in our in our toolbox i think right so when you cast circle do you typically cast circle to bring in energy or keep energy out um and once again this is where things get different and i would be this, especially what i've learned recently like i've done it done it all sorts of ways <laughs> um, <laughs> typically i mean i guess if you wanted to say the traditional way or the most popular way would be the the gardnerian way and that's to um you're creating a, a bubble almost and then when they're in circle they will raise power inside that circle and, and use it like a catch net and then release that out into the world but when you do that i mean because i mean part of it is based on what i've, I've been I mean, I've never been in a Gardnerian circle. I've been in eclectic circles. I've read many eclectic books. So, I mean, some people's some people might have experienced different things. But from what I've understood, it's you're creating a, a bubble outside of time and space, outside of this world. So when you're bringing that power in, you're bringing that power and you're expelling it out of yourself and catching it in this net to release it back when you open up the circle. Oh, I like that. I like that. Because I always think, when I cast circle, and I don't know if it's right or wrong or whatever it is, but I have certain things that I do at definitely the quarters. Um, I'm going to admit it and say I'm not too... Um, I, I tend to focus on the goddess more. So if I am uh, calling in uh, the gods, then to me that looks way different and it's for extremely special occasions only, mostly because they scare the shit out of me. Yeah, <laughs> but... You could be on a whole nother podcast in that. With, with soft, right? With, like, with uh, <laughs> soft polytheism and... I... and and hard polytheism and goddesses and gods and alternate powers and <laughs> absolutely like it's endless and we're gonna do those things together yet because i we've had a brief conversation on that and i want to expand on it and i think everybody should hear about it that being said so i do that but i do that as a secondary step to creating my sacred space when i am going to do spell work I create the sacred space in my whole entire, in the room that I use, do my cleansing bit, and then call in quarters if I feel it necessary. But normally I work primarily with the goddess. So I still acknowledge um, the four corners, but I don't necessarily do the rest. Do you think that maybe that impacts uh, people in a different um, way? 
yes and no, depending on on what your outlook is. I mean, it, it's interesting that you say you you do it specifically for the goddess, and and that's almost what makes sacred pentagraph a little bit different when they cast their circle from typical uh, Gardnerians or typical literature that you read nowadays. But I think if you want to be more generic about it, I, I think no matter how you cast your circle, part of the part of the power in that is whether you make up your own circle cast or or go off of traditions that's been passed down through elders or you've read in a book and you just decide to practice it when you do it enough times that it becomes comfortable as soon as you start your mind is now triggered to go into that place that you know magic is going to be cast that you know you're going into the space so it almost puts you in i don't want to say mood but it almost puts you into the mood it it, it Put you into the mindset that this is where you're going. <laughs> Excuse me. Absolutely, because I can tell you that when I do that, and I, I'm I want to know if it's the same for you, because that feeling that that room that I work in almost becomes outside of everything else, if that makes sense. Outside of space and time. You know what I mean? Like that what's happening in that moment and are in those moments feels completely separate from like you know the fact that it's in my house <laughs> that to a degree ba based on on what i've read in the past um based on what i do now it's mm -hmm. not i don't get that same feeling um oh interesting and and like I said, I'm I'm new to this path, but I mean, the witchcraft, Wicca, any any aspect of the occult, it's it's a living tradition, and, and you're not always you're not going to be at the same place where you started, where you uh, move into the summerlands at the end of your time. You're going to grow through the ages. Right. What I've been doing now is ever since I've been going down this path, based on what was taught to me, and, and this this has been published, so it's not. I would never share the old bound material or anything like that. Um, right, of course. The sacred pentagraph and the horsa, they move in reverse. And they, reverse. most of our circles are cast counterclockwise because the goddess is the earth mother and the earth turns counterclockwise, which is why we see the sun go clockwise across our sky. So to honor the goddess, we go counterclockwise. And it's it's hard to explain quickly, but it almost takes going into a kind of a side route of good and bad and positive and negativity. <laughs> okay, well, let's do it. <laughs> where, where typically the god is considered the sun god and, and it's a positive energy. Now, if you take the moral connotations off that and think of it like a positive power on a battery, and then you take the goddess as the negative polarity on a battery, not negative as in bad or evil, but just negative as in a different type of power. So on a car battery, the positive pushes power out and then it returns back through the magnetic negative. So when we cast a circle counterclockwise, we're almost opening like a satellite and the magnetism pulls in the power from the just cosmic planes the elements and that pulls in a power to us so we're instead of setting ourselves apart in a little bubble 
we try to open up a dish and we pull in a power to our spell work. And then when we close our circle, we will cast it counterclockwise, which then reverses the polarity and in a positive manner, pushes that energy back out to our intended um, target or whatever we're doing, whether we're trying to heal somebody or play a bank account or, or do whatever, whatever your spell work is, that yeah. you try to push it back out to that. That's really interesting. That's really interesting because I've recently, I mean, you wrote about it uh, in the Alberta Witches Association and I didn't think of it that way. That makes a, a lot of sense, Chris. I think that makes a lot of sense. And that's what I thought too. I mean, like I, I've, I've done it the other way for, for decades and years. And then even when I started when um, in the last five years or so, when you know there was more social media and you were able to get around more people in real life instead of just in books on paper and talking to people, nobody ever had an answer for me. There was no ever an explanation like, why do you do it this way? And it was always, well, you just do it because, or you do, you do it because the sun moves that way. Yeah. And I'm like, well, why? Why do you do it that way? Which is fine, you know, a lot of people, you know, and if it works for you, great if you don't need an explanation, but I, being the disturber, I like to ask questions of why. And when I asked mm -hmm. my high priest, Thorn, this was the first time anybody ever answered me. They said, well, we do it this way because of this. And they go that way because of that. But this is the reason. It's almost like he gave a scientific explanation for it that backs the spirituality behind it. Right, right. That's so. I I described my feelings. So is when I am in that that space. What makes it different for you, or what what is it for you? That feeling. Does it feel? I don't know what the word is. The perfect <laughs> word. I don't know. Words, Words are hard. hard. <laughs> it's a uh... yeah. But what it. What is that feeling like for you? Like I said, I'm just I'm, I'm still new to this path, but it, it feels more connected. It's almost like you're plugging into the universe. You're plugging into the energy that's around you. And and like I said, that can go into different aspects and different talks. Like, um, but I went to sleep. That's okay. <laughs> that can that's go okay. into so many different routes, like depending on, <laughs> on your your theology and what you believe in and. It can go all sorts of ways, but it just feels like you're plugging into the power that's available out there. Because so, do you feel that now that you are casting in a counterclockwise fashion, your magic is more powerful? Your workings are more powerful. Do you feel that? I would say, yeah. I like for sure. And I mean, even in the past, like yeah. anybody, I don't know when people will listen to this podcast but if if this is years from now or if you're just brand new to the Alberta Witches Association and you go back and read some of the old posts I wrote about it and there was a time I was part of a, a, a local learning group that was kind of like eclectic Wiccan based and very very eclectic and uh, there was one holiday we we were doing a 
a circle and somebody in the circle accidentally went backwards. Just, they were nervous or they were fluttered. They walked backwards for the opening cast of the circle. And to this day, it was the most powerful circle we had because everybody was just, they were giggling. They thought it was great. They thought it was funny. And, and you, it was like, it was electric in the air. So it brought some different For energy sure. out of the people itself. a total different itself, energy then. that we felt in that circle that night. Like, Do you think that, now I've never, <laughs> I've never been in circle with anybody but myself. So, you know, do you think that there's a difference there because it is seen as, I mean, as far as people's energy is concerned and the reaction that that um, quote unquote mistake um, brought out in everybody. Do you think that, that because casting circles a regular way or the traditional way or whatever it is, is so ingrained that it just becomes mundane potentially and that by being different you guys reawakened that for yourself it's a possibility for sure but i yeah i haven't i haven't felt that i'm not saying it's boring right but counterclockwise since i've started down this it's it hasn't lost its charm it hasn't become mundane it hasn't become right old news i i felt that energy and, and whether that's because my mind just understood the mechanics behind it all of a sudden and it clicked and now it, it feels right so that my intentions are always more powerful because a lot of magic is intention too that's i think that's really amazing i think it's really powerful because it gives people listening it gives our listeners you know the knowledge that it's not always just one way and and we talk about this so much mechanic wise i mean you can try different things in witchcraft and figure out what works for you i mean some people will go down a traditional witchcraft path some people don't want to go down a traditional witchcraft path but it doesn't make them any less powerful or any less magical in my mind and that's really good because there are not not a lot of people not everybody feels that way not everybody is open-minded like that so i think what you're doing is incredibly special and i'm personally gonna try it because i want to see the difference let me me know how it works out for you (laughs) i mean why not right (laughs) so now if you were okay so obviously you do it differently but if we were talking to somebody who didn't know brand new how would you how would you you know give some direction on how to (laughs) cast a circle that's a loaded question too (laughs) I guess it depends if it was, I know if it was, totally. If it was I'm trying to get you. My tradition, I would probably 
I would give them some suggestions of literature. I would take them, I would give them stuff that they could practice and learn with and show them what our tradition does. If I was just talking to somebody in the group who wanted to know, they wanted to do a, just an eclectic circle, I would probably tell them to find, to borrow a book or check a book on their shelf that they felt most drawn to because there, there are hundreds of circle castings in just about every book that's been published in the last 20 years. Somebody's published their own version of a circle casting. It's different. It's I mean, different everywhere. It really is. Actually, you know what I would tell them to do? I'd tell them to watch that that beach that beach uh, scene from The Craft. That was pretty close. I think they even had a, a someone on set that was a Wiccan that was helping them out. It's very... I think a couple couple of those women were Wiccan too, weren't they? I think so. I don't know if they were girls then. I know I know that the one, um, I never remember her, her name. <laughs> it's a weird name. It starts with an app with ball. What is her name? <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> Somebody will I am not either. Um, <laughs> Right? I'll just put it in there. What is her name? Damn it. Anyway. Um, that's it. Thank you. I believe she is is a witch as well. Whether she's Wiccan or not, I'm not sure. But um, Do you cast circle every time you do ritual or spell work? Or what about when um, you're working in your forge? No, I don't cast it every time. Um, I don't cast a circle when I'm working in my ah. forge because it would be unwieldy and just there's too much movement and I'm stopping, <laughs> starting, and some things I make take days. So it would be it would be asinine of me to, to do that. It would just be a waste of time for me to do that. If I was doing and I won't okay. do if somebody orders something, I won't do it for their item because that's their item and they can cleanse and do whatever they want with it. It's already been purified by fire and all the elements. If it's my own tool, right. after it's been forged and it's at that finished place or after it's whatever type of tool I'm making, it's completed, I will do my own cleansing. I'll do my own uh, consecration mm -hmm. of the tools. And even for a lot of them, the published work by Sacred Pentagraph isn't done in circle. Uh -huh. But that's different for every tradition too. So, like, I know a lot of a lot of the eclectic right. groups I, I was with would cast a circle for every Sabbath, for every Esbat. Um typically for smaller sacred pentagraph covens, we don't cast a circle for Sabbaths because that is a time to honor the season. Uh you honor the god at the solstices and equinoxes, you honor the goddess at the cross quarters and to cast a circle you're you're not you're not doing spell work so you're not looking to draw that power in they're all around you all the time anyway you're you're honoring the season during an s bath mm -hmm. for us we would cast a circle to to draw that energy in because s baths are a typical time when you would be doing a larger spell with like right now me and my wife will do a spell just about every new moon 
we uh, we prefer the new moon. We've been doing more. Um, I, I do too, so I get that. Or if you're like a full moon, or you know what? It, I mean, an SBAT is, I mean, they were typically at the moons, but an SBAT was really just a, a time that covens met. So. Yeah, they're, they're considered well, well, I, the I lesser they're Sabbaths, Sabbath, right? I think I'll probably get this wrong and people will tell me about it forever. Now it's recorded, but I, I do believe in Espat it was just a term for a gathering of witches. You know what? <laughs> I have. You go get it. I'm going to go get it. Because it was, it was my first, my first, like, full on, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to do this workbook and I'm going to learn the proper way to be a witch. There's no, there's no proper <laughs> way to be a witch. Anyway. You want to know what book it was? <laughs> I know, but that, you know, that's the, you know, I'm going to school like myself a, because, like you know, that's important. To honor the gods and the goddess. I mean, the, the Jewish people, the Christians, they have Sabbaths. We have right. Sabbaths. That's a time to honor the, the days. An espat was a firm for just a gathering of witches and it just so happened they typically gathered at a powerful moon phase. Always. That's what we're all about. Um so my first book was Buckland's complete Another book of the witchcraft. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I got halfway through it and I put it what? away. I, I started, this is a <laughs> the best conversation. Yeah. I, you know what, honestly, and I might get strung up for this. <laughs> I couldn't find, um, cause I, you know, I was like, okay, well maybe the Wiccan path is something that that, you know, is something that I want to do. And that it's something that I think I, I enjoy structure and I enjoy um, organization and I enjoy um, having yeah. clear, you know, instruction. Well, I used to enjoy those things. So when I... I just didn't really meet anybody that I resonated with and I didn't meet anyone in my neck of the woods that really drew me into wanting to learn a, more. So I put it away. Side note almost like Buckland took he I think he was gardenarian. He was I'm not even I think he was actually initiated by a gardener. I could be wrong on that one. And then yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah, he came to the States. And, and then, then and then did his own. There was a time there after, I think, I don't know if he started, right when Gardner either was almost passed away or when he did pass away, and it's sometimes referred to as the Witch Wars. This was when a lot of the people that had been under Gardner started fighting for that. They wanted to be the Witch King. So you had Buckland starting his sax with yes. uh, you. Sanders doing Alexandrian, you had everyone splitting off and saying, I'm I'm the king now. I'm this is mine. And Buckland went the route. He wanted to let people self-initiate. And 
kind of ties into that that a lot of a lot of these people published Gardnerian Wicca, published different traditions of Wicca, and people read it and thought that they knew what Wicca was, but it's different than being taught. Like you could read Buckland's Big Blue Book and you gave up halfway through, but had you known him or somebody who was that line, it might have situation because. No matter what you read, you're going to interpret it different than what's passed down to the tradition. Well, and this is it. And I, I'm not sure how easy, like, seeking uh, seems to be extremely difficult. And it's not about not wanting to put in oh, the work. It can That's be, especially, I mean, about. I mean, we're... I mean, especially when you consider the Canada is very populated. I mean, I mean, even Alberta Witches Association is spread out all over Alberta. But there, there are coven's out there, and there are different groups yeah. out there, and and I think one of the, just like people in the job industry are learning that they can all of a sudden work from home. There's a few coven's out there, even some of the staunchier ones that are realizing that they can hide out and teach online now. So, I have a question for you because I always I've asked this question a couple times. <laughs> kind of, I'm getting, I, I'm looking at this. So, the, he does have it broken up. Just so you know, he does have it broken up okay. into the greater I'm, and lesser sabbats. You know, <laughs> and the esbats yeah. are for meeting at the moon. So, yes, you are correct based on. Yeah. Raymond I mean, Buckland. It's, it's just typically friend, that, you are I mean, your new moon and your full um, moon are your two most powerful phases of the month. So if the witches were going to gather, they would have gathered then. I mean, possibly the the, the half moons, possibly. Yeah. I mean, whenever. But okay, so this is my Already? big question before we wrap it up for the night, because <laughs> nobody seems be able to, to be you. able to answer <laughs> this for me. <laughs> And that's fine, but just say so, and don't <laughs> because you can imagine some of the, okay. the responses to this question that I've had. And I know that this is a question that non-Wiccan witches ask: Is it is possible to create a coven and not be Wiccan? Um, I'm just thinking of it. No, that's yes, it silence. Is. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. You think so? Because yeah, I have been met with a no, no, no. Are you a coven is just a group of witches that typically that will gather together that are that maybe some covens will 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 give oaths to each other, but a coven is just it's it's your 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 little witchy family that you <laughs> trust in perfect love and perfect trust. A coven is not a Wiccan term. Now, can you start a Gardnerian Wiccan coven without being initiated? No. Can you start an Alexandrian coven without being initiated? No. Can you no. Start no. But a coven, a general no. coven, an eclectic Wiccan coven, an eclectic witch coven, you could start a kitchen witch coven. It's a coven is just a group of witches that pretty much have said yes. We, you know, we, you know, we're friends. We work well together. We raise power well together, and we work well together. So I, I, I personally see no reason why you can't be a coven. It's just how you 
culture. I think that's a stigma that people can't seem to, you know I, what I mean? Like, I mean, it's, 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 I mean, and the problem is the English language and probably every language, I, I don't know any other languages, but the English language, <laughs> it, it evolves so much. Like a, a coven might mean something different in Shakespearean time than it does now. A coven, but a coven I think is based off the word covenant. And, and that's just, it's, it's a group of people that are pretty much in oath together. They are, they've sworn to each other. They, they work together. They right. keep each other's secrets. I don't know, just for some, I seem to get the idea that that's a, for some, in my experience, based on conversations with others that I've had. And it just seems to be kind of like a, no, no covens don't exist unless you're is, Wiccan. And then, and I mean, even there, there's even scholarly right? debate on, on what Wiccan is. Like, I mean, that's based off old terms too. Like I, I realized garden professor and, and it's now society sees something different, but it was an old term for witches. It, it's just now it's something, but the English language is great. It, it changes. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and fifteen words have the same meaning. We have the the hardest. Yeah, uh, I, I think it all there, depends so on how they I, promoted themselves. If someone it. came and said, "I started my own Wiccan coven," or "I started my own traditional Wiccan coven," that I would say a big no. Maybe you start your own tradition. Maybe ten yeah. years, you know, after you got so many hived off covens, you can call yourself a tradition. Like, I mean. Uh, I, I can't even. I can't remember her name now. She's. It's on the tip of my tongue. She's. I think she's the uh, official witch of Salem. I mean, she has her own tradition, but it started with her, and she's still alive. But it is a tradition now because it's grown. It's established itself. It's covens have hived off of it, so now they can call themselves. Oh, that's gonna bug me. <laughs> I, I wish she I knew in, the I word, Chris, so a, that I could help you, but... She was in a Godsmack video. <laughs> ah! You know who I'm talking about. Oh! Yeah! <laughs> I sure do! Shit! Yeah! Yeah, she's a very... He was another one of those her. witches in the day that was... I don't oh. think she was... She wasn't going around trying to be the witch queen, but... She was a very popular. Well, I think when you, you know, spend enough time and share enough knowledge, um, you know, people, people eventually will recognize that and gravitate and Lori things Cabot. build from out of that. <laughs> so... There, but there is a Thank you. tradition of Wicca, or no, I'm yes. There's a habit tradition of witchcraft now, and she has covens spawned off her, and it is a tradition. A tradition is just something that's grown out of a few generations, and whether that's human life generations or coven generations, which can be a lot faster. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense completely.
<laughs> well, we've come to the end of our time. We are a little bit over, but hey, that we always happens. Like you topic. said, that that doesn't matter. <laughs> well, it's a typical witch it's talk episode. Lynn will be proud. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope you'll join me again. I know we're going to do more Very of these. Welcome. So thank you for joining me. I really appreciate it. And I like, I can't tell you enough how much I appreciate it. And yeah, it's 13. It's all for you. And I figured it was fitting. And I just knew somehow that <laughs> I was like, 13 has to be Christmas. I think this is the right time. Too. We'll just go with it. <laughs> That's perfect. You're That's welcome. even better. So thank you again for joining um thank you thank you for sharing pagan ironworks with us um where can people find you uh, if you they're can looking actually for just pagan ironworks www.paganironworks.com and it'll take you to my link tree uh you can find my etsy my instagram you can even find a link to this podcast i put in there for the last one i'll have i'll have to the new one yay <laughs> that's awesome well as soon as it's available which will be sunday night everybody <laughs> when they hear um yeah. well i guess here we are this monday is sunday morning, night there we go <laughs> monday morning you'll hear it or if i fall asleep too early then maybe that's it'll awesome. be like monday afternoon you never know but uh we always do our best so thank you again Thank you, everyone, for joining us again tonight. Um, lucky number 13. Lots is going on. Make sure to check out Chris on the interweb. Um, and I will see you all next week. I don't know what next week's going to bring yet, but I, I'm pretty sure it'll be good. And if you are a part of the Alberta Witches Association, don't forget to also now tune in on Sunday nights where we have some community discussions about all kinds of goodies and topics. So until next week, this is Amy signing off for Witch Talk. <laughs>